For the ones who get going when the going gets tough. And the ones who know we're tougher together. For the pathfinders breaking new ground. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as fast access to experts and 24-7 customer support. Because we know you have people depending on you. So you can always depend on us. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Today on Not Sam Wrestling, the man, Becky Lynch, is here. Social distancing be damned. Of course, she is on the phone. We're going over everything that's happening this weekend at WrestleMania. The era of empty arenas continues and a whole lot more. This is Not Sam Wrestling. This is Not Sam Wrestling. Introducing your host from New York, here is Sam Boy, oh boy. It's official. Even if these days are starting to blend together, it's a Monday. It's time to start this week. At least in the context of wrestling. And what is going to be, no doubt, one of the most interesting weeks in the history of WWE. Let's get the thing started. Welcome to Not Sam Wrestling. Five days away, not six days, five days away from WrestleMania. Five days away from the first ever two-day WrestleMania. Who would have thought? I mean, you just never know the context of things coming. That old uh, be careful what you wish for scenario. This two-day WrestleMania thing was in a lot of people's heads uh, months ago, starting in January, right after Wrestle Kingdom. For some reason this year, and maybe it was because, you know, I feel like the last two WrestleManias, maybe three, have been crazy long. But last year's WrestleMania was the one that was in New York. And not only went so long, but everybody in New York was stuck waiting for like two or three hours outside the Meadowlands for... Ubers and trains and stuff, and it went too late, and then the train shut down, and it was it was a nightmare. Not WWE's fault, that one. I'll blame that one on the great state of New Jersey, but maybe they were just mad because WWE would never say New Jersey. But still, a hassle for a lot of people, and for some reason this year was the year that uh, people started talking about how after Wrestle Kingdom being two nights, over in the Tokyo Dome. Why not do WrestleMania that way? You know, it was was a conversation that was happening in in numbers this year. And I didn't love the idea because, I mean, you still have to sell two stadiums worth of tickets. You know what I mean? Like, I don't don't know why you would... uh, Doing two WrestleManias in one weekend seems like an awful lot. Even though you're like, well, they're already doing a seven-hour show. Why don't you break it up? I guess you could do two three-hour shows with one one one-hour pre-show before. I don't know. But it seems like really complicated, especially since they already have. The Ray WrestleMania was already set up. Was it already is. Not only is it already two nights, it's already five nights. It's already SmackDown, or uh, Hall of Fame, into SmackDown, into TakeOver, into WrestleMania, into Raw. You know, you've already got your five nights. Who knows where this will lead next year? We can only assume 
And when I say assume, I mean, I really hope that next year, by the time this all rolls around, um, that things are back to normal and we're in a stadium in Los Angeles where we're supposed to be. But when that happens, you know, what will have changed? How will this one go over? And uh, and will the possibility of of WrestleMania being two nights continue? Like that, there, there's all this history that is being written as we speak, you know. And 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 we are going to take as things normalize. I'm sure that the positives of whatever this experience is will be taken with us and some of the negatives worked out against, you know, it, it, things are going to be different coming out of it uh, for the better and for the worse. Um, I don't even think we can speculate on next year's WrestleMania the same way we can't, we can't speculate on the night after WrestleMania, let alone the year after WrestleMania. All we can do is sit there and look forward and know that there is going to be a WrestleMania this year and it is going down Saturday and Sunday. It is a two-night WrestleMania. There are, what is it, something like 14 matches announced for WrestleMania, and we'll go over them. Um, And then we'll see what happens next. I would imagine that on the podcast, I mean, I'll still be doing new podcasts every week, but I would imagine that more and more we'll be doing podcasts like we did on Thursday, the Patreon Thursday Not Sam Thursday podcast. I went over my top 10 WrestleMania matches of all time. I'm assuming once WrestleMania is done, there may end up being a lot more history and lists and just, you know, talking about content that maybe is available on the WWE Network because who knows? Who knows who's going to be able to run any semblance of a new live wrestling show uh, after WrestleMania, but all we we can all we can speculate after WrestleMania, or we can talk about what's going on this week. Um, I know that a lot of there are people that are are bummed out about WrestleMania, but that I think you just have to be bummed out about the state of the world that we're in right now. I mean, that you just have to be bummed out about the fact that we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Every aspect of life has changed. As far as how history looks at WrestleMania this year, you know, I've heard people say, well, this is clearly going to be the worst WrestleMania ever and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't, I don't think that's how we're going to look at this year's WrestleMania. First of all, it may not be all bad. You know, I came on with the blazing hot take on last Monday's show that Edge versus Randy Orton in an empty arena match would be a better match than had it been in the stadium at WrestleMania. And I completely stand by that, maybe now more than ever, especially after Randy's promo. Randy had another promo of his life on Raw. By the way, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins being in an empty building. Leading up to the match anyway, so much better than had it been in front of an audience. Seth Rollins delivered the promo, the best promo that he's had since he turned heel on Monday in that empty building. And I don't know. I think uh, we'll talk about it with Becky Lynch, but there is there is a different way of telling stories 
when you're in an empty building and there's a different way of cutting promos and there's just, it, there's something that feels more real and feels more raw. And some stuff is going to be a lot worse, but some stuff ends up actually being better. Seth Rollins has shined. Randy Orton has shined. Edge has shined. These guys that can, you know, that, 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 that have not only been in every possible scenario conceivable, but just these are the guys that are the legends of the business. These are the guys that regardless of what you're going to do, and I should say the people, because it's not gender specific. These are the people that are just going to make it work. And when you look at WrestleMania, there are people on this show that are just going to make it work. Now, I came out last week and made my list of matches. And Peter Rosenberg, who was with me last week, was right. Maybe I should have gotten that podcast out quicker. Because I said on the podcast, you could do AJ Styles versus The Undertaker in a graveyard, but I don't think so. You know, I don't really want to do it that way. I could see them doing it that way. But I think it would feel more real and more personal if you just did it on the street. That wasn't listened to. They went with the with the boneyard idea. I'm assuming that's very similar to a graveyard. All I could think about was maybe it would be where the hyenas hang out in the Lion King. You know, the elephant graveyard slash boneyard. Maybe that's where it'll be. I don't know. Um, If you remember last week, I said that the John Cena fiend match, it could happen in the Firefly Funhouse. That's an idea. But for me, I preferred it just to happen in the ring. I feel like putting it in the Firefly Funhouse, we start to get away from this uh, idea that Bray Wyatt as a human was wronged by John Cena as a human. And that story that started to be told in that promo that the two of them had a couple weeks ago in the empty building. They decided to go against me. They said, no, Sam, we like the idea. We're going to go with Firefly Funhouse. I said, okay, guys, okay. You want to do Firefly Funhouse? I'm sure it'll still be good. We'll do Firefly Funhouse. Um, the ladder match is now going to the tag teams for the tag team championship. So that's not going to be between Charlotte and Rhea Ripley, but still for as much stuff as came up on the show last week, I would say that, you know, I was pretty, pretty spot, spot on enough that there were many asking, all right, enough of this, Sam, who's the source? And I said, the source is my brain. It's just understanding logic, basic wrestling logic when you can apply logic to a place where there is none you're a big winner and that's what i'm able to do i suppose uh let's talk about wrestlemania and i'm sure there will be more to preview on on the thursday patreon podcast but based on what we know now there are it's interesting there are a few spoilers out there that i haven't heard any i haven't seen any reliable spoilers uh, from in terms of results of matches? I've only seen spoilers in terms of people who were supposed to be on the show that are not going to be on WrestleMania uh, and who replaced them. I would imagine that those spoilers, the fact that those spoilers are getting out, that I think is being done on purpose by WWE. The fact that we're getting spoilers of who is not on the show and who's replacing them, but not who's winning matches and not giving away big like surprises. 
I think that that's, that's being done intentionally. There's some intentional leakage happening. And I won't talk about all of them because I know some people are avoiding spoilers altogether, but I think it's pretty well known that, you know, I mean, Ryan Satin put out the rumor or put out the news-breaking bulletin, which I would imagine, again, came from WWE to some extent, I would think, um, that Roman Reigns is not going to be part of WrestleMania just because uh, he has a compromised immune system because of uh, the cancer and everything that he's gone through, the leukemia. And so he just doesn't want to be a part of it right now. And you got to respect that. Um, but I was very interested on SmackDown to see that there was no reference to it. That watching SmackDown, it was uh, business as usual, Roman versus Goldberg at WrestleMania. I would think that the reason that that was left is because there will be something this week on SmackDown that clarifies what is happening going into WrestleMania. I think that the people are just left really confused. There was so much news coming off of WWE because apparently WWE spent a ton of time at the Performance Center last week basically taping everything. So these little uh, droplets of news that are sneaking out of the Performance Center, that's stuff that really in front of our eyes is going to play itself out over the course of two to three weeks. So I'm still kind of waiting for it to play out, but I think it'll be interesting when it does. A couple of notes, by the way. Um, I was very impressed with NXT on Wednesday. NXT was the first time WWE did a wrestling-heavy show in an empty building, and I thought NXT show was really, really good. So, you know, hats off to everybody that performed on NXT uh, on Wednesday, but I thought that that was that was one of the best empty building shows that WWE has done. You know, I think that uh, there have definitely been shining moments on both Raw and SmackDown, for the most part in the promos. I think some of the guest commentator spots have been good. Some, not all, but some of the best comment guest commentator spots on Raw and SmackDown have been very good. Um, but I think I think for Raw and SmackDown, really the shining moments have been those promos, and on NXT, it was just really cool to see. These people able to pull off two hours, for the most part, worth of wrestling. So I thought it was awesome. Uh, let's get into what is scheduled for WrestleMania. Okay, so you've got, and and also, how about, uh, you know, every year for WrestleMania, the WWE has their uh, WrestleMania store, and they put out four, five, six t-shirts of the top matches on the show. So all the top WrestleMania matches have their own T-shirt as well as the I Was There T-shirt and just, you know, the 150 WrestleMania hoodies and just tons and tons of specialized merchandise that really, I mean, I know that some people buy it online, but I would think for the most part, it's people who are there. I mean, look, I've worked the last three WrestleManias and the last three WrestleManias, I've gone to the store and bought a whole bunch of stuff. This is actually the first WrestleMania that I will be home for uh, since 29. I went to WrestleMania 29, obviously. That was in uh, New York. I went to 30 in New Orleans, 31 in Palo Alto, 32 in Dallas. 33 was the first WrestleMania that I worked on the kickoff show for in Orlando. 34 was back to New Orleans. 35 was back to New York, all three of those I was on the kickoff show for. 
Now 36, I'm with the rest of yous at home uh, watching. But it's an experience we're all going through. I think that I think that that's the way history will look at this as as just a moment like, oh, do you remember how crazy it was when this had to happen? You know, I think that this will be a WrestleMania with an asterisk next to it as opposed like you wouldn't rank this the same way you wouldn't rank. Hey, how good was the 2020 NBA season? Well, you know, we'll put an asterisk next to it because it, it stopped halfway through. I don't know. I don't know what would have happened, but. We'll talk about it historically, but we can't really. It's not really fair to rank that on what's better, what's worse, and who knows? Who knows how good some of this stuff will be? So they haven't announced at all uh, what matches are happening which night. They've announced fourteen matches, so you would think you're getting seven matches per show, uh, more or less, right? Some might be longer than others, but more or less, they're not doing uh, any. Battle Royals, which, you know, makes sense. In a world of social distancing, it becomes a little bit hard to control everybody that's in uh, everybody that's in these matches, you know, when it's a Battle Royal. Hey, guys, if I could interrupt for just a moment. You've heard me bring it up a couple times throughout this episode already, but the best way to help support Not Sam Wrestling is through our Patreon page. We're at a time right now where you could probably use as much content as humanly possible. If you want more wrestling content from yours truly, it's the best place to get it. Patreon.com slash NotSamWrestling. Become a NotSamShill. I mean, listen to the perks that you get for less than a dollar a week. The introductory level tier of the NotSamShills is going to get every podcast that we drop early and ad-free. You're also going to get the bonus podcast every single week, every Thursday. We drop Thursday, Not Sam Thursday, exclusively for the Patreon folks at patreon.com slash wrestling. And you're going to get access to that for less than a dollar a week. We also have other perks, including merch, including video, including live streaming every podcast that I record here in the Not Sam studio, and so much more. First access to the videos, first access to everything, and of course, everybody gets access to our Discord room where we are building a community of people that listen to Not Sam Wrestling on the reg and 24 hours a day, seven days a week are talking about everything wrestling-related that you can possibly imagine, and I'm in there as well. Join today, become a Not Sam shill at patreon.com slash wrestling. We've got... A lot. We've got Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte for the NXT Women's Championship. Um, I So this is going to be an interesting one for me because, you know, logic would have you believe that this is really a match to put a spotlight on how good NXT is. By the way, speaking of NXT on Wednesday, how creative. And we talked about this a little bit on the Patreon show on Thursday. How creative was it to have Triple H tease, we're going to put this at WrestleMania and have Johnny Gargano tell him no. When he said this has got to be on the biggest stage of all, he said we don't need it on a big stage. That to me, I mean, you hear commentators say this match is a WrestleMania caliber match. This match could happen at a WrestleMania. This is, But that to me is the most creative way 
of letting an audience know that something is WrestleMania worthy without actually having to say it. You know, I just thought that was a cool little thing that they did for Gargano and Champa. So, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte. Logic would have you believe that this match is about putting a spotlight on the new and putting a spotlight on NXT, right? This match, the logic of it would have you believe that it's all about making Rhea Ripley look like a million bucks and she gets her moment. But that said, I think Charlotte Flair is in a little bit of danger. Charlotte Flair is in this danger spot of, I believe she's the best women's wrestler on the planet. When you combine everything, best women's sports entertainer on the planet. When you combine athleticism, when you combine in-ring, when you combine promo, when you combine personality, when you combine uh, star factor, it factor. I think Charlotte is the one that has it all. I think that Charlotte is as a, a female equivalent of John Cena. I've said that from the beginning. I believe it now more than ever. But I think that something happens when you're as good as Charlotte that uh, you run the risk of people taking that for granted. And the fact that you can lose matches and not lose any of your star power. You know, I think that that's, that's what the Bray Wyatt-John Cena story is all about. That Bray, you thought that about him, but Bray lost enough matches that he lost his star power. Um, I don't think that that's a risk with Charlotte. But I do hate to see that type of talent be taken for granted. You know, I I personally would be much happier seeing Charlotte win the NXT championship. I want Charlotte to win the NXT Women's Championship. And I want Charlotte to go to NXT and basically hold the place hostage. By the way, she doesn't have to leave Raw. Charlotte can show up on Raw with the NXT championship, and every time she's on TV, it's just a commercial for what's happening Wednesday nights on USA. But I think Charlotte should be the NXT women's champion coming off of WrestleMania. You know, and I think that 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 now, I mean, look at what you've got after that. You know, we're we're sitting here, right, and we're getting ready for this uh NXT women's ladder match that's happening in two weeks. On Wednesday, there's a gauntlet, a second chance gauntlet match. Uh, Zia Lee, Dakota Kai, Aaliyah, everybody that's lost matches gets a second chance, right? We're assuming that somebody of those six is going on to the ladder match, six-way ladder match, and let's be honest, we're assuming that the winner of that is going to face Rhea Ripley at the next takeover or whenever that match is allowed to happen. But how interesting would it be if if Bianca Belair won that ladder match and Charlotte won at WrestleMania, everybody's been asking, well, do you think that this is going to lead to Bianca Belair and Charlotte? Do you think Bianca Belair, you know, up until uh, three weeks ago, people were wondering if Bianca Belair would find her way into the match with Charlotte and Rhea Ripley. I went on the bump and I said, it doesn't make any sense. She lost to both people. She has no business in that match. But, I think it's a hell of a lot more interesting to have Charlotte walk out of WrestleMania with the NXT Women's Championship and have either Io Shirai or Bianca Belair or Dakota Kai if she wins the gauntlet match or whoever 
wins the ladder match. Going on to go like, okay, now my next challenge is Charlotte. And by the way, now you've got Rhea Ripley who wants another shot at Charlotte. And you've got the winner of the women's ladder match that wants a shot at Charlotte. Keep in mind, you've got an entire NXT women's roster that's not too keen on Charlotte coming in here and taking the division back. You, This is our time, not your time. So I, I think that there's there's much more potential for storytelling. I know you guys want that moment where Rhea Ripley stands tall at WrestleMania, but I wouldn't mind seeing Rhea Ripley have to work a little bit more for something. I wouldn't mind seeing Rhea Ripley have some setbacks and have to come back from them. Shayna Baszler is the, has the longest combined reign of any NXT Women's Champion. You know why it's a combined reign? Because at one point, she lost to Kaidi Sane. We don't really talk about that. But she had to struggle. She had to fight back. And then she went on. Rhea Ripley basically has this reputation of being, you know, the future and being the most badass person ever because she beat the person that's beat the entire women's roster. Okay, to be the man, you got to beat the man. But it's not the same as being the person who beat the whole roster. She doesn't have the same energy as Shayna Baszler because Shayna Baszler went through systematically and destroyed the entire roster. You know, I mean, it's it's to me, it's a shortcut. If Rhea Ripley just goes in, she beats Shayna Baszler, then she beats Charlotte, and she goes, "Okay, now I'm the I'm the just the queen of everything." Well, you haven't beaten all just because you beat the people that beat everybody else doesn't mean you beat everybody else. So I would like to see that setback happen. I would like to see Rhea Ripley have to, you know, not go all the way to the back of the line, but take a few steps back at least. Realize that now, not only has she lost the NXT Women's Championship at WrestleMania, not only has she blown her opportunity to really shine, but she doesn't even get the next opportunity because there's a ladder match that she's not involved in. That's the way I want the match to go. I want Charlotte to win. You got Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre. You know, I think uh, when I talk to Peter Rosenberg, I'm with him. I think that that I think that this I think Brock wins this. I think Brock should win it. I think that Drew should come back at SummerSlam and get his moment. You know, and I get it. It's not the same as getting a moment at WrestleMania, but this is not the same as getting a moment at WrestleMania. You know, I think that I think that there should be some chicanery. You know, I think that we can get there without making Drew look worse. And again, we can spend some time now rebuilding Drew McIntyre and really making the people want it. But I think I think Drew, once once we're back in, in buildings, that's when Drew, in arenas and stadiums, that to me is when Drew should win that title. I want to hear Boston react at SummerSlam for Drew McIntyre finally winning the championship. I also want to hear Paul Heyman show up on Raw on Monday, go, see, I told you Drew McIntyre would never beat Brock Lesnar. And by the way, Drew McIntyre will never have an opportunity to face Brock Lesnar again. And then Drew's got to figure it out between now and August, how he's going to get that opportunity. Um, but that's, that's, I want Brock Lesnar to win that match because of the situation, because of, of, of the circumstances. I think it would be better for all parties involved. 
Uh, Goldberg versus Roman Reigns, of course, uh, it would appear that that's not happening. Um, and I have heard rumors about who Goldberg's opponent is actually going to be. Uh, either way, whoever Goldberg defends his title against at WrestleMania, Goldberg should not leave WrestleMania Universal Champion. No matter what the scenario is, no matter what's going on in the rest of the world, whether there's 80,000 people in a building or zero people in a building, Goldberg should not leave WrestleMania with the championship at all. Universal Championship should be back on SmackDown, even if we can't do live SmackDowns for a little, for a few weeks, for a month, for however long it's going to be. We should at least know that the champion will be on the show once the show is back. Um, I don't think Goldberg should leave the Performance Center, Orlando, as Universal Champion at all. Not one iota. Um, and I would talk about like, oh, who do you think should should face Goldberg? You know, I think one scenario somebody because I think I already know who's going to face Goldberg. But one scenario that I saw somebody put out there was how interesting would it be if they made it so that the winner of the Fiend versus John Cena gets the shot at Goldberg, which would be interesting. It would be interesting, but you know, I don't know if it's necessary. We got into this mess because The Fiend was the champion. You know what I mean? I don't know how quickly we want to get back there. Uh, a six-pack challenge has become a fatal five-way. Becky uh, Bailey is defending the SmackDown Women's Championship against Lacey Evans, uh, Naomi, Sasha Banks, and Tamina. Uh, I don't... Yeah, I don't... I don't... Here's... There's, there's a few scenarios for this that work fine for me. I don't think this is the moment for Lacey or Naomi. I think Naomi should get another crack at the women's championship at some point, but I don't think this is the moment for it. I think it would be really interesting to put the title on Tamina, but I think really what you have to do here is have Sasha turn on Bailey and get that title. You know, Sasha Banks is the biggest women's star on SmackDown right now, and she's not the champion. And that's bass backwards, if you ask me. I think Sasha Banks should turn on Bailey. I think Sasha Banks should leave with the title. I think going forward, Bailey uh, is a good guy again, but not hug hug Bailey. It's a it's a you know we're we're finding that comfortable middle ground where Bailey is just a human being, you know. Uh, but that's the way I would do that. Undertaker versus AJ Styles. I mean, this seems pretty cut and dry to me. AJ was very disrespectful. AJ brought up pictures of Undertaker with a tiger. AJ brought up the man's wife. I think the good guy beats the bad guy here. Bad guy AJ Styles will be fine. You know, I think uh, Gallows and Anderson get involved. I think Kane maybe gets involved. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the Undertaker tombstones AJ Styles on a pile of bones in the middle of a boneyard. And, uh, and Undertaker, Undertaker wins this one. Like I said before, Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. I, To tell you the truth, I wasn't psyched on this match until Monday. One week ago was when I started to get excited about this match, and that was because of Seth Rollins' promo. Seth Rollins' promo set things up perfectly to say that Kevin Owens is owed a WrestleMania moment. I think when Seth Rollins is a bad guy and when he's on his game, there is nothing better. 
we got a we got a reminder of why we all thought Seth Rollins was the guy and not Roman Reigns when he was a bad guy the first time. We got a reminder of why. I mean, here's what I want you to do. If you're not sure about Seth Rollins, here's what I want you to do. Go back to when he was injured, okay? Go back to when he was injured years ago. His return was messed up. He returned as a bad guy. Even though his his injury, it was like Triple H levels of disappointment for the fans. Meaning when Triple H got injured and he came back, even though when he left he was a bad guy, when Triple H returned, it was like he was the biggest good guy in the company. Seth could have been that way too. Go to the WWE Network and watch the documentary that was filmed on Seth while he was recuperating. I challenge you. I challenge you to tell me he's not your favorite wrestler after that documentary. That is the Seth Rollins we need to get back to, and I feel like that's happening here. I think uh, Kevin Owens probably will and should win this match. I don't think... You know, if you spend your time on TV pointing out that a guy is a failure and fails at WrestleMania, and then he goes to WrestleMania and fails, it's tough for him to come back on Monday and say, uh, I'm still good, though, right? Because I would say, no, clearly you're not very good, Kevin. But if you win, you go, well, I guess the curse is broken, isn't it? And that's what you want to see. So Kevin Owens in that one. Uh, I've heard a lot about the Miz and John Morrison versus the New Day versus the Usos. Uh I would probably let Miz and Morrison retain, you know, although you, they haven't done that much as champions, to tell you the truth. And I know, well, they defended against every tag team in the Elimination Chamber. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Street Profits versus Andrade and Angel Garza. That's another match that I've heard stuff about. But, uh, yeah, I would think that the Street Profits win in that match. It's just a... Classic, let's put some bad guys together and have them uh, lose to the good guy tag team champions. Uh, Alistair Black versus Bobby Lashley with Lana. Alistair Black. Elias versus King Corbin. I mean, at some point, Baron Corbin's got to start winning matches, right? You can't just be a bad guy who loses every match and then is still like, uh-oh, he's got to face Baron Corbin. You know, I, I think... Yeah, Baron Corbin's got to make mincemeat out of Elias here. He should. Especially after he threw him off that podium like that. I really hope I really hope this is all Baron Corbin. Uh, Intercontinental Championship, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan. Again, this match should be on, on grappling mats. This should be in a grappling gym. This should be a traditional Greco-Roman style wrestling match with Drew Gulak as a coach and Cesaro and Nakamura as other coaches. Uh, I think Sami Zayn should win this match. Actually, uh, I, I I think that uh, I, yeah I think this should be a this should be a Sami Zayn specialty. I mean I think that Sami Zayn as an annoying bad guy, it's it's like you have this guy who can be a great manager and also it's imagine if Bobby Heenan didn't represent the Intercontinental Champion. Imagine if Bobby Heenan was the Intercontinental Champion, and then like Rick Rude and Haku made sure that he retained that title all the time. It would be so obnoxious, but in the best possible way. I love this this twist on an old classic for Sami Zayn. So I want him to keep the title here. And then, of course, 
the peace, the resistance. Edge versus Randy Orton, last man standing, empty arena. They're going to tear the house down. I have no doubt about it. This is this 100% for me is going to be the match that steals the show. Now, look, something that you have to keep in mind is we've now got a two night, by the way, all this hosted by Rob Gronkowski. Keep in mind now, we've got 14 matches that are going to play out over two days at an empty performance center. Everything that we've seen from WWE on television so far, save for NXT, has been uh, a lot of uh, 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 magic dust, right? Every show has had at least one, if not two, pre-tape matches from all shows. Uh, Every show has been promo, promo heavy. And every show has had maybe two matches total. And those two matches are usually like four minutes long. So I think the WWE is going to have a lot up their sleeves for WrestleMania. I I would imagine we're still going to have lots of surprises. Uh, did I talk about Becky? I don't think I, I think I skipped Becky Lynch. I skipped two matches. Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler. Um, you know, it's one of those things. It depends on what you want to do here. If you want to keep Becky Lynch, like I see... I see Charlotte like John Cena. I see Becky Lynch like Hulk Hogan. Some people say like Stone Cold. I say like Hulk Hogan. I see Becky Lynch like Hulk Hogan. And yeah, you have that moment. You know, you have your Survivor Series 91 moment where you really want to get The Undertaker over and he beats Hulk Hogan. You could do that. You could have this moment where, oh my God, Shayna Baszler just tapped out Becky Lynch. There really is no stopping her. Or you could, you know, have Becky win. I kind my instinct is to have Becky win. I think it would be a lot. I think it would do a million thousand hundred things for Shayna Baszler to beat Becky Lynch. It would make her. It would put her on top immediately. But I mean, it almost goes back to Rhea Ripley. I would almost rather see her continue to prove herself. We haven't seen her that much since she's come to Raw. I mean, she took out everybody in the Elimination Chamber, but I'd rather see her take out everybody in individual matches, you know? I'm not ready to see Shayna Baszler do that. Although, I mean, you have Shayna Baszler beat Becky Lynch, and now she's got to have the big comeback. It's possible. You know, I'm not... A, I'm not... I, I'm kind of, I feel like at a WrestleMania, Becky Lynch should have the moment to stand high. Because right now, I've got Charlotte winning, bad guy. I've got Brock winning, bad guy. I got Goldberg losing, which is good. I got a lot of bad guys. I mean, I guess Undertaker and Kevin Owens. But in terms of main events, Edge beating Randy Orton. uh, A lot of bad guys winning at WrestleMania, though, for me. So I feel like you need to give this one to Becky. But I am going to sit here and acknowledge that if you had Shayna win, it really does make Shayna for Monday Night Raw. Um, And then, uh, and by the way, in the interview that we do this week with Becky Lynch, uh, she does hint 
to maybe something that could be added, I think, for WrestleMania this year. And then uh, John Cena versus The Fiend. Uh, it's got to be The Fiend. It's definitely got to be The Fiend. Um, so what I was saying before was that they haven't done a ton of wrestling-heavy, main roster wrestling-heavy matches at the Performance Center in front of no audience. I have to believe that there is going to be a ton of pomp and circumstance. I have to believe that there will be a ton of surprises. I have to believe that there will be a ton of tricks. I think this is going to be a very, very creative WrestleMania. I don't think that this is going to be two nights, two, three to four hour shows of wrestling matches with no audience. I think you're going to see all these matches or some iteration of them, but you're going to see, I think you're going to see a lot of tricks, you know, and we've still got an episode of raw and we've still got an episode of SmackDown to add stipulations to these things. I still think Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn must happen on a grappling mat. I still think Elias versus King Corbin must happen in a concert hall. You know, um, I still think Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins should be in a cage, but that's me. That's me. I'm optimistic. I think it's going to be a really interesting, memorable show. Um, so yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um, I'm looking in the discord room and so says, I'd like to see Becky win, but not with the disarm her, maybe multiple Bexploders. You know, I think it's one of those things where Becky's got to win on a roll-up. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think that Becky should win. I think she should win in a very similar way. You know you know how she should win? With the exact same pin that she beat Ronda Rousey with. That's how Becky should win. Now, Shayna Baszler's shoulder should actually be on the mat. But I think she should win with the exact same pin. Just because it would make everybody talk. It would be poetic. It would lead to this moment. And and, and Shayna Baszler could sh sit there glaring at her from the outside. You know, I, I and then you could have a great return match with Shayna Baszler wanting to avenge her only defeat. You know what I mean? I think it could be more interesting to have Becky being the only one that could beat Shayna than to have Shayna being the only one that could beat Becky. Uh, but I think she should pin her the same way she pinned Ronda Rousey with that kind of, you know, back roll thing. Um, but yeah, like I said, I'm optimistic for this thing. I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be different. And I think it's going to be memorable. And those are the only things that you can ask for in wrestling. Um, I also, I would love to make, I, I could be doing something cool this week. I want you guys to make sure that you're following me on social media because I don't want to jinx anything and announce anything too early. But within a couple days, I should be able to say something. Uh, so make sure that you're following me, not Sam, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever. Because uh, once it's 150% confirmed, I'll confirm it with you guys. But I don't. I never like announcing anything when I think there's even a seed of doubt. I never like announcing. I just don't like doing it. And I don't like jinxing anything by announcing it early. So... Follow me across all forms of social media because there could be something uh, super cool happening this week uh, for anybody that supports yours truly, the last professional broadcaster. Uh, speaking of cool people, the man, Becky Lynch, is my guest on the show this week, uh, which is wild. She's still doing media, even though, you know, what's going on in the world is going on in the world. It really does tell you uh, how how 
how 100% a champion is in the WWE. Becky Lynch, of course, days before her match with Shayna Baszler at WrestleMania, talks to me about everything that she's been uh, going through, about whether or not she's slowing down, about uh, uh, doing promos in front of empty buildings, about prepping for a match in front of no audience, and, and everything else, including the truck. Ladies and gentlemen, my guest this week on Not Sam Wrestling is none other than the man herself. By the way, I can't believe that nobody has, that WWE hasn't done a montage to Becky Lynch stuff and play Johnny Cash as The Man Comes Around. That's why this podcast is called The Man Comes Around this week. And The Man Comes Around right now, ladies and gentlemen, Becky Lynch. Hey, before we get to the interview, I know you guys are stuck at home, quarantined up in your houses, but you're probably there with your partner. If you have a partner, if you don't have a partner, it's probably because at one point you did have a partner and that partner of yours was saying, uh, I need to be physically gratified right now, please. And you said, I don't know if I could do that. I don't know if I can fulfill your every last desire. And that partner was like, okay, well, I'm going to find somebody who can. And that partner did find somebody who could. And right now that partner, that ex-partner of yours is sequestered with a dude who is filling every last one of their needs whenever they need it. And you're sitting there with no confidence in yourself anymore because you know that you are alone and it's because you can't, you couldn't satisfy your partner. And you know that that partner is now being satisfied by somebody else and you're wondering how can that other person do it? How can this new person be so physically satisfying to a to a to a lady. I'll tell you how. Blue chew. That's the secret. This new guy is all about the blue chew. Remember the days when you were always ready to go? That's this new guy is always ready to go. Well, now you don't have to worry about that. Now you can be the new guy. You can increase your performance. You can get the extra confidence in bed that you need. With BlueChew.com, it's the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. You can take them whenever you want, day, night, full stomach, empty stomach, whatever. And it's a chewable, so they work twice as, twice, twice as fast. They're prescribed online by licensed physicians, okay? So you're sitting there, not only, you, this is, it's twice as hard now to get anything to keep you hard because not only are you embarrassed to go to the doctor's office and ask about it, not only are you embarrassed to go to the pharmacy and pick up your prescription, but you're trying to social distance. You're like, I want a boner. I don't want Corona. How is this all going to happen? Well, what if I told you you don't need to go to a doctor? You don't need to go to a pharmacy. What if I told you Blue Chew was prescribed online by licensed physicians? And it ships right to your door in a discreet package. The male person isn't even going to know. They're going to have their mask on. They're going to have their gloves on. They're going to go, you got this discreet package in the mail. I don't know what it is. And you're going to go like this. I know what it is, but you ain't going to find out. That's right. It's Blue Chew. They're made in the USA. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. No awkwardness. Stay healthy and stay hard. It doesn't get any better than that. And right now, I think I can make it a little better. Right now, 
you could get it for free. On the house. On me. Free. Just visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment for free with our promo code ROBERTS. R-O-B-E-R-T-S. All you have to do is pay $5 for the shipping. That's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code ROBERTS. And you could try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. If you're going to be quarantined anyway, you might as well have a whole bunch of fun, right? Welcome, the man. Becky Lynch is here. Becky, first of all, I can't even believe you're doing this phone call right now. And I've looked at like what you're doing. As the world has turned upside down, do you feel like you have slowed down one iota? Um, actually, yes. Hmm. Yeah, a little bit, but in um, in in the best possible way. I think sometimes you you're so busy going and and uh, that you don't really get a chance to 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 think about everything that's going on, and uh, and, and it gives you it gives you a second to kind of sit back and, and get a little bit more creative and think of of well when when things like this are happening, what can you do to adjust? How can you uh, how can you how can you make the story go forward in a different way? How can how how can you push the envelope in in ways that people aren't um, aren't doing? So I think that's what uh, that's what I've been contemplating, and and I think when you don't have those obstacles, you you don't think about them really. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Especially, I was thinking like when you've got somebody that you you had a triple threat with, but you really don't have a ton of experience with in the ring. You know, you've had a couple confrontations, you had the triple threat in November, but beyond that, you really haven't had time together to figure out who you guys are in a match. Is that something that weighs on you where you're like, okay, we've I've got to figure out not only what this chemistry is, but now what stories can we tell when there's no audience in the building? Absolutely, and the, and the thing about Shayna as well, she's she's such a, a technician, right? She's clearly skilled. She's uh, she was a top ranked cage fighter for ten years straight, um, pioneer for women's MMA. She's um, held the NXT Women's Championship for God, I don't know, but the combined longest reign. Um, and and she has this huge skill set, but we haven't really seen much of it on Raw. I haven't witnessed much of it firsthand because all we've had is, yes, that triple threat where we didn't touch a bunch and uh, she couldn't get her hands on me and, uh, <laughs> and, and uh, a little bit of, uh, of a brawl and then I smacked her in the back of the head with a, with a chair. Um, so apart from that, there, there's been no feeling out process. So this is going to be, uh, this is going to be interesting when we meet in the ring in WrestleMania. And, and as well, it, it, it's such an obstacle, uh, I think, for me, the fact that there is no fans there because I am somebody who thrives on that energy, who feeds off the energy. The people are, are what got me to where I am. If it wasn't for them, uh, I don't know that I'd be doing what I'm doing. Um, so, so that's going to be interesting. But the, and so that's something that I've had to sit back, reevaluate. How am I going to adjust? How am I going to use that to my advantage um, as opposed to my disadvantage? Yeah. What was it like when you first stepped in the ring on Raw for an empty arena promo? Because you're right. I mean, I think that that you and your whole style has been 
kind of reacting to and giving the fans something to react to. Like there's that kind of relationship. And that's why I feel like you've been able to maintain for the last year since last year's WrestleMania on this level where the fans haven't turned on you. Like they're still riding with you pretty much on the same level that they were when you were the underdog who just needed this opportunity. When you get in there and it's like, okay, I'm going to deliver this promo. This is what I do. This is what I'm good at. But now there's not an audience. So like, I can't drop a line and have the audience either laugh or go, Ooh, or cheer or whatever it is like these catchphrases that you've kind of mastered. You can only assume that they're working at home, right? Yeah, and and that's the hope. And I think that's why you've got to be a little bit more focused in and really think about what your message is and what you want to get across to the people. What are the nuances that you want people to pick up on? And you have to really think about that. And you have to be zeroed in um, and remember that even though there's nobody in the audience there, there's millions of people watching at home and, and, and that need a little break and that need an escape. And, uh, and, and if you give them that message it it, it, it does require a whole different uh, uh, a, a whole different set of concentration um, because we are used to riffing off the crowd and oh okay that worked that didn't work that alright alright they're with me on this okay maybe they're not with me on that okay maybe we need to adjust here so uh, so now we're really just going on instinct of okay what if we feel is right yeah, and it's kind of, I feel like, where you figure out who the really great performers are. Because there have been moments where you go, not only did that work, that might have worked better in an empty arena than it would have in a full arena, just because people are adapting and people are now working directly off their instincts. Did you kind of have in your head, okay, this is what this is going to feel like, this is how I need to change things up? Or was it when you got into the ring and you let that first sentence out and it was quiet behind you? Is that where you, it clicks in and you go, oh, this is what this feels like. This is where we're going from here. So I think I've had a bit of an advantage because, uh, uh, first of all, I I came from the independent circuit. (laughs) But you're used to performing in front of nobody. Uh, I've done matches in front of seven people. And uh, and it's been as quiet as if there is nobody, really <laughs> nobody in the crowd. Uh, maybe sometimes those seven people, it's worse because you can hear everything that they are saying. And, uh, <laughs> you know, but maybe they're not so good things. Um, so, uh, uh, yeah, I, I think that helped as well. I also think, um, you know, I got my degree in acting. We we would have to do those things where we get up and Nobody makes any noise, and uh, and you have to perform, and you have to uh, say things. But it's also just it's talking, and it's 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 what I feel, and it's uh, it's my mindset being able to just go out there and vocalize it. Um, but you just have to make sure you do it in an engaging way that doesn't start to become monotonous. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah that that you have confidence that your point has been made, even though there's nobody there letting you know. We get what you're saying, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. But hopefully, like, I, I, I hope the points that I'm making are intelligent and articulate enough that people get them, um, whether there is a crowd there or not. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I feel like it, it makes it so that storytelling becomes even more important than 
ever oh, before, man. right? Oh, that, that, that you're watching, yeah. I'm watching at home and I'm going, okay, now I'm getting, now I'm really, it's not just energy that I'm watching. I'm getting sucked into what's being said. I'm getting, I'm listening to the stories being told. And now I really start to figure out motivation and I really start to figure out the whys in all this. Exactly. And, and that's the most interesting part of any story. It's all about the nuances. Uh, that's what yeah, that's what people tune into any show for. It's the nuances and uh, and uh, the nuances of stories what can be coming back. So the more we can keep telling that and um, keep doing that, the, the better. I was thinking about, you know, the ability that all of you really, especially now, but it's just part of the way WWE works, the ability to kind of go with the flow and change on the drop of a dime and just figure out what are today's set of circumstances and how are we going to work with those? Um, and it made me think about like a year and a half ago before last year's WrestleMania when everything changed a week before Survivor Series, when you had this match that was at the time going to be the biggest match of your career with Ronda Rousey. It was, I think, one of the first times that people were going into a pay-per-view going, that's it's a, it's a women's match, and that's the match that I want to see the most. And it got canceled at the last minute because of injury. Uh, but it ended up obviously working out for the better because of what it ended up leading to at WrestleMania. Do you think, when you think back on that now, like a year and a half later, do you think if you had had that match at Survivor Series with Ronda in 2018, I guess, uh, do you think WrestleMania would have been the same last year? Oh, that's a good question. Um, it's, it's so hard to, to tell. I think I would have um, done everything that I could to get into that match. Mm-hmm. To the main event of WrestleMania. I think that was what I, I, mean, I don't think that was what I wanted. That was what I visualized. I think I, I just would have found a way. Um, if there's one thing I, uh, <laughs> I feel like I've been good at, it, it's uh, finding the way, a way to adapt to get into, into the positions that I wanted to. It's not always worked out, but for the majority of the time when it came to, to bigger ones it, it really has and um, if i can see a path i'll try and clear the clear the leaves to get there but it, it's so crazy just the entire year and a half from from that from gosh from SummerSlam to 2018 to wrestlemania to 2020 what a difference and uh a lot of things that have happened but so interesting but it, it's all about adaption and survival and, and that's what humans are, are so great at that um and and so that's what uh, you've got to do as a as a performer as a wrestler. Yeah, is that something that that played into your head after you won the title last year? That okay, I'm not the underdog anymore. I'm not the people's choice that can just never get ahead. I've gotten literally everything that I've wanted. I got the main event to WrestleMania. I beat the biggest star in the company. I literally won both titles. Like there is no more opportunity that I could sit there and say, I deserve it, I'm not getting. Now I'm getting it, and now I've got to live up to that uh, that 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 level. And that's a moment where a lot of people, if they're not ready for it or if they don't change and they don't adapt, as we're talking about, fans start to turn on them. That's when it's like, that's almost like that that moment when your favorite band goes from this independent band to the band that everybody likes, and then you go, well, I don't like them anymore because now everybody likes them. Uh, 
Did you yeah. did you think to yourself over the last year, I have to keep changing, I have to keep people on their toes because otherwise I'm going to lose them? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, all the time, all the time, all the time. And, and that's why with everything, it's like, okay, how do you tell this story? Or, you know, it, it's, it's who you've been in the ring with, why is it different? You Like, for example, wrestling Sasha. I'd already wrestled it. Why is it different? Why is it different this time? Um, how can I get people to care about this? Even though they've seen us, they've seen us themselves. Well, why should they care about this more? This, the same with, with Oscar at Royal Rumble. That's the one who I could never beat. That is the one person with all of this. All of this that happened. The Oscar's the one person I could never beat. And what do I have to do to change to adapt? What have I learned in this journey? And how can I show the people that, okay, I've learned this. I've changed. I've adapted. I've moved on. I've grown. Um, and, of course, it's with all of all of their support, all their help. Um and I think a lot of that is is listening and knowing your audience, but also that knowing that people are are entitled to change their opinion, and they're um, they might they might turn on you, and they might uh, you might not be for them anymore. They might want somebody fresh. They might want somebody new. And knowing that that's okay, that that can't be your reasoning for for adjusting what you're doing. It has to feel right, and it has to feel like okay, is this. Is this where I am going? Is this the purpose that I want to uh, to follow? And is this the the story that I want to tell? And you have to think of okay, there's the people who love me, and they're going to love me whatever I do. And let me serve them. What is is the best way that I can entertain them instead of the people that are going to hate me? How can I entertain them? How can I how can I make them love me? That's just that's just silliness. If you're not. You're not ever. That's that's like uh, that's like chasing after the boy who's just never gonna like you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like how can I change me so that he'll love me? <laughs> it's just it's just not gonna happen. He's just not that into you. You know. What I mean? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so I think you kind of have to keep thinking of okay, what do what do my fans want? What do they want to see? Um, how how can I serve them best? I think that's the best way to put it. Yeah, and there are some times where you have to go to wrestlers and you have to look at them and and I know you want the fans, but they're just not that into you right now. <laughs> they're just yeah, they're yeah, just not yeah, that into just, you. They just, <laughs> just not that into you. It's not you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It is. It's them. Want somebody else? <laughs> That's all. There's nothing you could do about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite match, moment, story, anything in the last year that you feel like since winning the title, like that is that is something that I'll put up on the metaphorical mantle? Um, you know, there, I think there's been um, there's been like three or four. Uh, I I I think I I was really proud of. It match at Hell in the Cell yeah. with Sasha um, beat the hell out of each other um, <laughs> creative told a different story and then when it came to uh, uh, oh and Natty at SummerSlam mm-hmm. um, wrestling her in her home country and not really having a lot of time and both of us being uh being fan favorites, um, how do you how do you how, how do you make people care about this without getting bored? Um, and a submission match is always hard um, because you know there's no pinfalls, there's no uh, 
no false finishes in that regard of the one two big kick out. Oh no! Um, so it uh, uh, that that was tricky and that was a challenge, and I was really proud of that match too. And then and then Oscar um, just finally getting to beat her, and then um, we had a match on Raw with the match before uh, Shayna Baszler came and bit a big chunk out of my neck. Um, <laughs> That that was three segments, and I think we had um, because we hadn't worked together a lot, right? And I think you just saw uh, we both adapted and and learned each other's uh, bodies a bit better, and uh, were able to put on a better a better uh, match um, and have a hell of a fight by the end of it. When you go into this match uh, with Shayna Baszler for WrestleMania, are you thinking to yourself? Not only do we have to make this a great match, but how do we remind people that this is WrestleMania? Like, you know what I mean? We're so used to WrestleMania being in this these stadiums full of people where everybody's around all weekend and just the world looks different. It's 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 not the greatest timing in the world for for what's going on globally to be happening at the same time as WrestleMania, but the show goes on as best it can and it almost becomes completely reliant on you, the performers, to remind us watching at home, this is WrestleMania. We need to give you that feeling that you're used to. Have you thought about how does how do I translate that feeling and that energy in this circumstance? I think the word that you just used, the energy. It's that energy that you feel that um, that intensity and and why it's so important to you. Why is this so important that you hold on to this championship, especially now, especially in a time where people um, people need something to be excited about um, and something to look forward to. And the fact that we're able to still give them WrestleMania is very exciting. Um, and the fact that okay, they can't be here but they're watching at home because they can't be here. I think you have to keep that energy and that intensity of knowing that they're all tuning in um, and, and you have to bring it more. Like, this is this is your time as a performer where you really have to give them what they need and what they deserve, especially in this crazy time. But I, I think you find that by realizing why this is so important. Why do you want to win this this championship so bad? Why, why do I need to retain this championship so bad? Um, and then going out and fighting with your whole heart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I think that's it. Um, whose idea was it to put the uh, Becky low-key graphic on a T-shirt with you and the crown and the sunglasses and the fur coat and the title? Whose idea was that to make that a T-shirt? Oh, that was um, so. So they sent they they sent me that right right the next day. After, <laughs> and they had they had low key Becky written on it, mm-hmm. and I was like, get the low key Becky written, taken off it. That's just the, the image by itself is just it's so cool. Yeah, I haven't gotten one yet, but I, I like it. I like it a lot. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a good idea, and it's the second time. I mean, your mugshot was a T shirt too. I feel like that's that's now the second photo from the TV show that they've just been like, okay, now this is a t-shirt. Oh, yeah, it is, actually. Yep. That's pretty good. Um, what great hap- little face on me. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's what it is. It's that great little face. Um, what happened to the Becky Lynch truck? Saw it a couple weeks ago. Looked awesome. Felt like, you know, if somebody was like, hey, here's a not Sam truck that we want you to drive in you know, this week, I'd be like, this is great, but I'm, I'm going to need to keep this truck and drive it everywhere. 
because you know there's no better clout in the world. Do you did did you make any effort whatsoever to keep the Becky Lynch truck? Oh, oh, you'll see it again. Good, you'll see it again. Good, you will see it again. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> we can monstrous out of this. <laughs> But still necessary. It's an it's a necessary monstrosity. Right, exactly. Every every championship should have their face on a truck, right? Every every championship. I think so. I think absolutely. Yeah. Um what happens to you when you when you slow down? Because I'm sure, you know, they say uh a lot of a lot of people have said the thing that you don't understand, once you become a champion in the WWE, a world champion, it's a totally different ball game. You know the 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 schedules, the not only the matches being on every show, the media, the level of matches, just it's nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. And you've been doing that for a year. What happens to you when you start to slow down? When you travel less? When you when you end up in a situation like you said, where you you have begun to slow down and and go back into your brain a little bit? Yeah, well, we have to, right? You know. Yeah. Um, but uh, but. It's probably one of those things where it's 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 painful at the beginning, but it's so what you need is so good because you get so um, so busy doing um, that you never get to to sit and be and um, sit with yourself and okay how how are you feeling how how has the whole last year affected you um, and so at first you know because you're so used to being on the go on the go on the go having no time um, and I think sometimes you get exhausted and go oh god I'd love a minute and then as soon as you get a minute you're like ah no <laughs> am, I, am I not working hard enough whatever you know so um, it's constantly having to having to battle with those two sides and I think the first um, the first week was a bit of an adjustment not leaving on a, on a Friday and not going and work back on to do house shows um, we're not going to do appearances um, all of them getting cancelled, um, and and then you go, okay, all right, well, let me let me sit back, let me study some more wrestling, let me let me watch some old matches, and um, and let me let me write about what I want for the future, and um, let me uh, let me catch up with 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 loved ones that I haven't talked to, let me face some people, and all those things that are also important. Yeah, uh, but sometimes. You know, you can feel like you you neglect when it's all go go go, and so it really has. It's it's, it's been cool that I've gotten to be able to be at home and and cook. I'm a good cook. So hey, being able to uh, cook every meal and uh, and that's something that we don't get to do, you know, as well. So, um, it's it's the little things like that that I think you, you start to appreciate because yeah. you know that uh, you can't. There's nothing you can do. Right, like because I feel like you can you can often get that antsiness when when you think, oh, what should I be doing? What should I be doing to work harder? When the answer is, look at the moment. Really, you can, you can do this. You can study. You can whatever. But apart from that, sit your ass down and drink a cup of tea. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and remember, like the thing about being a superstar is that you forget you're a human being sometimes, and every now and then you got to start being a human being again. And then you can pull out the superstar card after that. Yes. Yeah. Which is not for too long. You know? Right, right, right. Put your cape back on. What did, before I let you go, I need to know, what did you say to Byron Saxton in the ring? You were the first person that got to speak to him, I feel like, after he took a swift, and I mean swift, nut shot from Stone Cold Steve Austin and then a stunner. <laughs> 
And I watched that and I saw you right before you took the beer. You looked down and I'm assuming you said something. Did you say something to Byron? I said sorry about you. <laughs> sorry. Sorry about you. Sorry, sorry for all that's going to happen. And then, uh, and then, and then, uh, who knows what I what I said or did after that because I was smoking so many beers. <laughs> yeah, no, that's right. That's right. Well, look. <laughs> WrestleMania is going down. It's uh, Saturday and Sunday, two nights. The biggest—it's the first ever WrestleMania that's two nights. Do you have a preference? I mean, after main eventing WrestleMania, do you still have in your head I want to go on last? Now that it's two nights, doesn't matter which night you're on. Do you have a preference where Becky Lynch and Shayna Baszler lands on the card, or is it just a scenario where you want to steal the show? Uh, it's just a scenario where I want to steal the show and have a good fight and retain the title. That's all I want to do. Um, I just want to go out there and, and make people forget about what's going on in the world, have a good fight, and uh, and walk out of there still the world world champion. That's, that's what I want. Shayna Baszler, Becky Lynch, Saturday, Sunday, WWE Network, free for new subscribers. WrestleMania, man. It's, whether whether you feel it or not, you will buy the weekend because it's WrestleMania and nothing can take that away from us. Thank you so much, Becky Lynch. Thanks, Sam. Thanks for listening. Follow at NotSam on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Rate, review, and subscribe. This has been Not Sam Wrestling. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done.